0: Welcome, Dr. James Beckett Sports Card Insights. I want to thank my sponsors, Top Panini, Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins & Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. So here's uh, an episode for your listening enjoyment. Okay, little little lighthearted one here. Got a bounce back from Ben Bram about beating things to death and crazy ideas. He said, how about... Fanatics bringing back the good humor man, the ice cream truck in the neighborhoods would be the fanatics truck, and they would sell popsicles and ice cream and cards and drive through the primary and middle school neighborhoods.
1: There was a park behind my house when I was growing up, and every day there was an ice cream truck there. I don't know if it's still there. I have not been home since 2006, so I can't specify what's going on in the last 17 years. But there was an ice cream truck that would come during the summer days. That's a great idea. Also, it was interesting when I went to trade night at the Beast, there were maybe 15, 20 kids there. It was really fun to see how many kids, even if it's financially based or really good card based, you could tell they were really into the cards. Okay. So I have no problem with that. And Fanatics has enough contacts hey there was good humor ice cream sticks with a player photo
0: on them when you think about it there's food trucks all over the place but they don't really drive around like the ice cream guy and ring the bell or play the jingle that they played they just go to where the people are and the people come up at lunch and all that stuff okay so what's kyle gonna do if the food truck that's outside the dallas card show starts surreptitiously selling boxes of cards
1: I will tell you that one of the two they didn't people that sell a food thing. truck is actually a friend of Kyle's. Okay. I don't know if the they, second one is one's actually a friend. I, I wouldn't be surprised then if Kyle is supplying that person. Okay. Kyle would then say, "I'll so supply the. Kyle could cards.
0: be the supplier, and it could look like it's a under the table thing. Interesting. You want some French fries with that box of cards?
1: that would be fun
0: actually we had that idea of kind of a rolling beckett truck that could sell supplies and different things and magazines and take orders for, for bgs and we'd park in the walmart parking lot and let people come up now we had to have a deal with walmart but we had some interest from walmart as we were considering it but that was toward the end of my
1: regime i think especially during the pandemic you really could have made that work Because then it would have been outside. When you were with people outside, it was not perfectly safe, but a lot safer than being with people inside. So you'd have the truck. People were buying the cards. Oh, let's buy some supplies. Supplies were a hard thing during the pandemic. It actually would have been a big (laughs) moneymaker.
0: We were thinking about a semi, but really the food truck kind of thing or the ice cream truck is more manageable. Okay, on the same line with Ben Bram, when I was talking about reducing the thickness of cards, how low could you go? he was acting like some of the many Costacos brothers posters were paper thin. I don't think they were paper thin. I think they were poster thin and that's really five point or something. It's not one point. One point is like Bible paper is that's one hundredth of an inch. So at one point, does a card become so thin it's no longer a card? It's like the newspaper cards that I have some of. They're not really considered cards because they're on newsprint. That's really thin and it degrades easily because it'll yellow or brown or something like that. But if you have 20-pound paper that is what you run through your copier, that's four points. And that's less
1: than a poster, even a mini poster. On that, wasn't there like the Dayton Buck cards from 1970? They're not cards. They were the newspaper series, like 150 players. Dayton Daily News. Dayton Daily News. Yeah. When I started in the hobby in the 70s, those were almost considered. They were numbered and they yeah. came out. And anyway, I got the Clemente. I
0: didn't get the complete set. But there were people that had those. Yeah. yeah those were thin and those were cool. I know, but yeah. some
1: people don't think they're cards. If it's new Seattle post mm-hmm. and Tellinger, 69, they reprinted the seven seventy eight. the 78 sets more like a card set than the 69s. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I think it was card number five was missing in the 69 set. And they actually put it into the 78 set.
0: If it was issued as part of a magazine or a newspaper and it was numbered and it was intended to be collected, then it's at least a collectible and perhaps a very thin card, even if it's got some other story on the back. So I don't, I think it's as much by the thickness as it is by the character of how it was distributed and what it looks like.
1: Frankly, that's one reason, and we eventually made the change. I always refer to the almanac as the Beckett almanac of baseball cards and collectibles to allow the yeah. freedom to put in things like that. I think you did that after I was gone. No, I did that before you. Yeah, I did that while you were there. How would you change the title without me knowing? We just did. Gosh, Rich,
0: my attention to detail. I got deduct a point from me for that. Gosh, I don't remember that. But Ben also talks about stickers. Stickers are generally thinner than cards, but
1: unless they're stuck, they're probably five or six point. Some of these 60 stickers that I see at Comp C, they're really cool. I don't want to say they're in great shape, but they're just cool to see. Yeah, Panini's been doing stickers since 61. And speaking of that, Panini is beginning to hire people. If I were 15 years younger, and I was interested in doing that. I'd make sure I'd be sending Panini a resume to say, hey, I'm interested. I'd like to learn about this part of the hobby. It's a great way to get a foot into the door to learn.
0: Panini's still going to be able to do a lot of cards. They may lose one license, but they're going to get more creative in some other things. I like to have one big, happy, extended family, and it's probably not that way anymore, but In my perfect world, people get along. And so I'm hopeful that this employee movement is going to provide opportunities for some fresh people to come in and be noticed and make a contribution and make the hobby bigger and better. I know Panini wants to make it bigger, and I know Fanatics wants to make it bigger, and I hope they can cooperate as much as they possibly can without having lawsuits generally only enrich the attorneys.
1: Well, nobody likes being sued. Yeah,
0: nobody likes being sued, yeah.
1: Okay, this is being taped on a Saturday, and I don't mind telling the people this. We were discussing a book. We were discussing one of the books of the Torah, the Tanakh, whatever, the Old Testament, depending on however you want to call it. And the section, the Parsha, had to do with ethical business dealings. And I brought up, what is my responsibility as a person who deals in baseball cards? At what point is there a line or is it just instinct that you go between the line of getting a good deal to something where you better tell the person, we got problems. This is a $300 card in your dollar bin? Or is it something where you try to say it and the guy just says, or the woman just says, just buy it anyway? Where is your responsibility morally on that?
0: Christians and Jews, I think, are the same. Yes, I agree with you on that. They will say, if it's not explicitly covered, (laughs) and there were no baseball cards back in the day, and so then it's a free world or something. But in truth, both religions really teach principles. At the core, there's some principles, and those principles are really pretty basic. And in most cases, it's time tested, timeless wisdom that's proven to be right in pretty much all the situations. There could be some squirrely situations that are competing different loyalties and ethics, but it's not even good business to cheat somebody if you have an unfair knowledge advantage over somebody that's where I think you and I not necessarily get in trouble. We can't be responsible for giving away all of our knowledge that's hard earned, but there's limits to how much advantage we should take on that. That's one of the reasons I limit myself to the dollar box, pretty much, because I think they put it in there for a dollar. They know I'm not going to pick it up unless I think it's worth more than a dollar. If it's worth $100, which I don't think I've had that Remember, I have. <laughs> you have, yeah. But it would even be circumstantial there, too. It's awkward. But it was
1: more awkward. I told you the story. I know, I know. And I picked up, not that card, I picked up a $50 a book card that books at 60 now. The SP? The SP in yeah. a dollar box. Yeah. And nobody knows who put it in there. They know I pulled it from there because it was...
0: That'd it was be not- the other ethical thing. Because if the dealer knowingly put it in there, then fine, you could just get it. He'll say, oh, I missed it or something like that because he had the chance because it's on there. But if somebody sneakily stuck it in there so that they could come back later and get it for a cheap price and stuff it in with a whole bunch of others, I don't like that at all.
1: No, neither do that, I. But really This me. This was obvious that I did not put it because I was just in there looking at the dollar box. Yeah. So what they ended up doing for me is that I based, I, I picked uh, like 35 cards. So they worked it out for me where I actually paid the full price on the 35 cards and they tossed in that card. Don't ask me why they did it that way, but that's how they did it.
0: That's nice of them to do that, because, but maybe it impresses upon them that they need to look more closely if they yes. really made the mistake. But I have the dilemma that if I give them 35 cards and it's $35, bucks, let us say, and they leave through the cards, I just get this queasy feeling because I think these are $5 cards. And they're going to say... Uh, I can't sell these for just a dollar, but they're in the dollar box and these are the ones I want. And I keep thinking they're going to say, you picked out all the best ones. They never say that. They just say 35 bucks.
1: There's a dealer I buy a lot of stuff from in the Starlight Room. He's financially comfortable. I don't have to worry about, if I buy something too cheap from him, it's not a big deal. At this point, he's enjoying life. And he's trying to, like you, reduce what he has. I think he's down from three storage units to one and a half. So he's enjoying wearing it down. But every once in a while, I buy something from him. And then I say, I called him up one time. I said, I got to give you more money. Why? One of these 50 cent cards I bought from you is an $80 card. And mm-hmm. I said, I don't mind if it's a 5 or $10 card, but I do mind if it looks at 80 and back. It was a 62 post. I guess it was a short print. I didn't know that. I just will buy 62 post footballs, 50 well, cents each if they're reasonably nice.
0: And there are people who do that in hopes that sometimes there might be because You might remember that, I might remember that, but the average guy isn't going to remember which ones are the short prints of all the different post-serials, or Jello for that matter, when it's 63, unless you have two side-by-side, it's hard to know
1: which is which. On football, the only ones I know for sure are short print are the Bakers, both Baker brothers. I know they're not brothers, but both Baker brothers. I know the Bakers are both just really hard-card. Didn't they start a singing group? Yeah, they're also a Dallas company. I see their ads. I think they're a plumbing company here in Dallas, too. No, they have Baker Mike brother. Singletary as one I of their spokespeople. I'm
0: talking yeah. about Sam and Dave.
1: Yeah. Oh, they're the Blues Brothers. They became the, the Blues Brothers did read redid a, did a oh. lot of their songs. Yes. Not the Baker Brothers, but, but it's a good movie. It's yeah. a, it's, you can't yeah. go wrong with Accurate and Belushi. Exactly. Okay. So there was another time, you know, how we help Ms. Angela with her Alan and Ginter minis. Yeah. Anytime he has them in his dime box, I just buy them. Angela took one look and said, This is like a $40 card. I said, Go give him some more money. <laughs>
0: well, but here's the thing that $40 card, for him to pull that out, would have taken $40 of research. That's true. Because he'd have to look up all of them to see that all the others are 10 cent cards. But that one. And it was. But she and knew. Paid 40 paid for 40, $40 for 400 of them. He'd still. She,
1: but she knew. But she knew instantly. It. Okay. She knew instantly. And said, so We're going to pay him some more money. Because I buy enough from him. I don't want to screw around with that. I said, I want to make sure.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Do you have the sleep test? If you're going to sleep okay, then just go to sleep. But if it's going to keep you up at night thinking I did wrong, then it's better to get good sleep and to go back to the guy. But like I said, I have about a $10 limit. Unless it's more than $10 worth of a dollar box, I'm not going to I figure above that they probably made a mistake.
1: And it also depends. Sometimes they want to sometimes see the box too with good cards. To make you come back to look for more. I used to do that. I would seed my value boxes with underpriced cards. Okay. So there is that too, where you seed the box. I seeded my quarter boxes. I put better stuff in there so people would think, oh, this is really good.